Welcome to episode two of the Continuous Delivery Podcast. I'm Zarar Siddiqui. I'm Trevor Boretsky. I'm Cheesy. I'm Hino Marks. Today's topic is continuous delivery. And while we were debating uh, a topic for this podcast, uh, we had a few ideas. And since the podcast is called continuous delivery, which is a very loaded term, many people take that as, you know, interpret that term in very different ways. Um, I have my own interpretation. I'm sure you guys have yours as well. Cheesy, what is continuous delivery to you? Well, let, let me, first of all, throw one other thing out. Some people make this distinction between continuous delivery and continuous deployment, where continuous delivery is constantly delivering software, but maybe not out to your end users. And they say continuous deployment is delivering it out to end users. I personally don't make that distinction because I can't understand why you wouldn't want to get your user continuously in front of users. So back to the definition, what is it? To me, continuous delivery is about rapidly delivering small changes to our users so that we can gauge their reaction, learn from data that we collect, and take the dat data or that learning and roll it right back into the product for the next uh, round. So in other words, continuous delivery, continuous deployment is primarily a, a technique to deliver high-quality products that we fine-tune by running lots of experiments with our users. Now... In order to be able to achieve that, there are a lot of technical things we have to do as well. Number one, we've got to maintain very high-quality software because we're going to be pushing code to production or to our end users many times a day. And so we can't really have lots of defects. In fact, we should probably have close to zero. Uh, number two, we need to start to try to drive a lot of risk out of the systems, risks from an environment perspective, risks from a data perspective, risks from a security perspective, etc. But, But the root of what is continuous delivery to me, it really is about continuously working with product and delivery, working together to deliver small increments of software to users with the goal of learning. And continuing to iterate, uh, Cheesy, you mentioned a couple times in your in your response uh, some technical aspects of it. Is continuous delivery a technical concept, or is it more than that? Um, <clears throat> I think I would totally agree with uh, what Cheesy says. It's mostly a business concept. However, you need those technical capabilities in order to make it work. Uh, however, however, there are some technical benefits to it as well. Um, the technical benefits are that you indeed reduce the risk by ensuring that um, that you you can go to production any time of the day with anything that you have uh, ready or even partly ready, as long as you uh, you shield it from uh, from the end user at that moment. Um, so that's one thing that it does. It reduces an awful lot of risk, technical risk, but also business risk, right? Because uh, once you have this urgent delivery uh, or you have this um, this very important feature that you want to deliver, you know already that you've put it in production so many times that there's very little risk that something will go wrong on the day that you need to put that piece out. There's something else as well that it that it does. Um, let's say that you uh, you have implemented continuous delivery and you can put things into production any time of the day. Forget about hotfixes. Forget about uh, having special branches for new requests. Forget about multiple processes dealing with uh, urgent fixes versus uh, planned fixes. All of that is taken care of by your delivery process. You have one way to deliver it, and it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a fix, it's a configuration change, it's, it's a new feature, you can always do it using the same process. 
so the variability in how you deal with work is reduced, while at the same time you can deal with more variable type of work. Correct. When you encounter, when you go to organizations that are trying to implement continuous delivery, what are some of the mindset shifts that are required for an organization or company to to work towards continuous delivery? We, we talked a little bit about the technical stuff, and you know, Cheesy mentioned quality and and things like that. But from a, from a, from a cultural mindset perspective, what are some of the barriers that you see prevent organizations or teams from going towards continuous delivery? So, um, <clears throat> just a little bit nuancing before before I answer a question that uh, and and. Uh, also, uh, to the to your point that uh, if I look at continuous delivery, I would think it's a facilitator, and it's a facilitator. As you guys mentioned, uh, for me, it's a facilitator of experiments, facilitator of of rapid experimentation, and and when you ask a question about culture, I think that's one of the first cultural barriers of of experimentation because especially if you look at the large traditional organizations when they hear the word experimentation they immediately associate with with startups with lean startups with 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 smaller companies which is which in a way they take themselves out of this of this game they take themselves out and they remove themselves by this mindset from even from the possibility that they can do continuous delivery in a way because and often I heard this, and again, this is the cultural part. We we discuss continuous delivery, and then they say, "But we don't need it because our clients don't need that kind of frequent delivery." And and it's and it's a it's a very like for me, it's totally absurd that that in this day of age, you don't your clients don't need it. But and this is, I think, the biggest cultural shift that they have to believe. <laughs> that 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 this is important for them in the first place, right? I I hear frequently uh, clients say, "Well, our users won't accept changes that frequently." That's right. Which which is absurd. What 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 users have problems with is large changes. You know, where you develop something for months, and then when you release that, it's jarring. That the change is huge, and users can't accept that every day. But whenever you're releasing software to production. Every hour or every few minutes, the changes are so small that, that the users rarely detect it. You know, and in fact, often, once you get the experimentation down, uh, you're going to production with several versions of your software. The user might, one user might have a completely different UI than another user or a completely different workflow than another user, and that's part of the experimentation, and it works. You know, it's interesting because... Uh, one of my clients actually asked about about the same thing, and I asked them, "Okay, so let's compare IE with Firefox. Sorry, with uh, with Chrome, and and what was your experience with these two products?" And then I showed them how many releases uh, Chrome has, like weekly, daily, sometimes, like and how how frequent those those things are, and asked them which browser did you had a better experience with, and it's and everybody, of course, said it's Chrome, and say, "Okay, but then." Look at IE. They had these major big releases, and and look where it. Sorry, uh, IE where it where right. it took them. But even even if you have those major big releases, and even if let's say you have a business reason to uh, release only once every couple of weeks or once every couple of months, 
um, you still have to convince me that that's a good reason. But even if you think you have a good reason for that, you might still benefit, you, you will still benefit from continuous uh, delivery for a variety of other reasons. Uh, one is what I just mentioned, the overhead that you introduce by, by having multiple uh, flows or multiple processes. Another one is the risk reduction that you have. Um, and another one is the experimentation that you want to do, maybe not for all of your users, but for, for a subset of your users. All of that are still benefits that you get, even if you do not want to release to, to all of your users on a daily basis. On the technical side, uh, I can't think of a lower risk way of delivering software because in order to get to a point where we're releasing software every few minutes, we have to drive risk out of the system. So we, we have to get rid of source code branches, for example, because merging delays integration, merging creates risk, merging discourages refactoring and keeping our code clean. Uh, we have to get rid of the whole notion of environments. You know, whenever we have these environments that everyone is different, it drives risk, especially if your production environment itself, again, is different than anything else. So we've got to do that. We've got to create simplicity in our pipeline, simplicity in our deployments, uh, so that it really is about driving risk. We've got to take different approaches to testing our software. We can no longer rely on large suites of end-to-end tests that never complete successfully, that tell us almost nothing truly about the state of our system. And instead, we need to drive our tests down to unit tests where we can finally thoroughly test our system. I'm not saying that we only have unit tests. There are other things that we do as well. But unit tests become the backbone of our, of our testing strategy as opposed to what I've seen so often out there, which is ridiculous end-to-end tests that take hours to run that, that break every time that you run them. You mentioned it as a, as a risk reduction mechanism. Yes. Uh, it's ironic that most large organizations see continuous delivery as a highly risky venture to even embark on. Uh, when, when you like, w- w- you don't have to convince us three that continuous delivery is a is, is a risk mitigation measure. But big companies, large organizations, even small organizations may see this as we don't want to touch that because that's going to fail. If you're of that mindset as an organization, what is the first step or first thing you can tell leaders of that organizations where? maybe you can prompt them to start thinking differently about continuous delivery and see it as a risk mitigation measure and not a risk exposure. So one thing, like um, Chizzy mentioned technical risk and, and Hino mentioned business risk. I, th- I think uh, there are, this is like a, almost like a two-prone approach because, because the business risk is, 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 is huge, right? And, and they all been through some negative experiences when they release something and their clients are not using it or, their client or, or the software is not to their client's expectation and so on and so forth. So I think that's one aspect. The second aspect is, is if they talk about technical risk, you can never convince them to do a big bang. You can never convince them to, to bet the farm on it. So uh, usually the, the, ba- the, the strategy that I use is try to find not something super small, not something super big, something which which the typical uh, uh, product or a new product potentially, and then and then convince them that look at least give it a try, at least at least try this approach. This is what it's going to take. What do you have to lose? In the end, you have just a bunch of automated tests at the end, and and you just get get client feedback faster. What 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 was the worst thing can happen, right? And and if if they truly 
commit and they try that 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 first that that first experiment uh, sorry that, that, that kind of first pilot it's it's usually very successful i personally would take a little bit different approach uh i believe that in order for a continuous delivery initiative to truly be successful it needs to be driven by the business by product uh, as opposed to the way I typically see it, which is create a centralized DevOps quote unquote team and try to roll it out that way. So if I were approaching an organization and my job were to try to convince them to, that this was the right way, I would start by talking to product. I would help them understand that there are now techniques that have been out for a long time that are specifically designed to allow us to more rapidly learn and take that learning and roll it into our product design to help us reach a point where we're trying to deliver the right software for our end users. It's, it's a large leap or a large step away from what we typically have where we have people who have been at a company for 20, 30 years making decisions around about what people need in their software, delivering for a year only to find out that it wasn't right and having software that's not really used. So if I were trying to convince, I would start with product and say, this is how you deliver world-class product. And if they're convinced, then now it's their job to convince their delivery partner. So one of the things that I have found in, in the past as well with some of our customers is that uh, the business really wants to do it. And, they, and I, I can't find any, any business really who doesn't want to do a continuous delivery. They, they understand all the benefits from it. But, um, but they don't trust the delivery team to be able to do it, to deliver in high enough quality. And they're afraid that things will blow up because that's the experience that they've been having in the past and with previous uh, uh, deployments. So... Um, so one of the things that I that I do then is then I kind of help the the IT delivery team to uh, produce higher quality to ensure that they can build that trust and then from then on you can go back to the business and and uh, drive continuous delivery from there. Um, building that higher trust is really necessary because you need uh, you, you need to be able to go to production uh, knowing or uh, at least being confident that things will not blow up in your face. If you adopt continuous delivery. And if the, if the IT organization, I hate the business IT divide, but let's just for the sake of discussion, because you know large organizations have that unfortunate um, dichotomy. If if the IT organization is able to implement continuous delivery and able to deploy frequent changes to production, how does this change the product mindset? What is the influence of this infrastructure on the product people? I think it it changes the approach from a product person saying. I know what my users want. Here's the roadmap. Here's what it is. To, I don't know what my users want, but I could formulate hypothesis around what I think, and we could run experiments to validate or invalidate that hypothesis, and we can ultimately structure experiments that allow our end users to tell us what they want, to tell us what the ideal product is. So I think ultimately you end up building less, you end up not wasting time on building something that's not what your users want. You end up instead letting the users direct and guide you. And, and suddenly all the investment that we've made in collecting data, in doing analytics, 
actually can be used for something for something real, and that is driving the right products that your customers need. Um, not necessarily what they ask for because they don't necessarily know, but what they actually need because you you have collected data uh, about their behavior and about where they're spending their time on your platform. The business has to be involved throughout. So even though the the IT will say, okay, we are going to do this, but but they have to try to bring the the business along. They cannot just come to the business and say, da da, here is continuous delivery, because along the way is going to be lots of uh, lots of bumps on the road, and and they need at least the business's understanding or a business's uh, cooperation as, as per minimum to be able to to be able to do this. If, if they initiate it, if IT initiates it. And that concludes episode two of the Continuous Delivery Podcast. Uh, we'll try to be back soon enough. Goodbye.